Welcome to another episode of Web Dev Weekly, the weekly podcast about web development. I'm Brad Garropy. And I'm Richard Gottlieber. And this week, we're going to take a minute and step back from work and talk about balancing it with life. Now, Brad, I know a lot of times when I think about this, I differentiate work and stuff like what we're doing right now in my mind. But in reality, I think it's kind of all the same thing. It's just, this isn't our day job. Yeah, I think anybody who does side projects or content creation around web development is somebody who is just, number one, very passionate. Uh, but number two, kind of blurs those lines between work and things that happen outside of work. But it, but it is important to differentiate the two. One you're doing as a job and one you should be doing for fun and enjoyment. So maybe we can kind of start off by talking about like maybe defining the hours where you do your job. Maybe the first tip on balancing work and life is time boxing your actual work day. So what's your like typical work day like? Yeah. So first, before we go there, I think that it was really easy to time box in the before times when I'd go into the office because you kind of have that natural time box there of the actual office and granted definitely can work at home, but you didn't have a dedicated, easy delineation between work and not work. So given that, you know, I work remotely now and I, don't know, I think a lot of people have kind of transitioned if they're not back in the office to being full-time remote, like just want to be aware of that. But personally, you know, I start my morning, I'll check my calendar, see what the day holds. I normally do this, you know, well before the work day, probably like around seven o'clock, just so I have an idea of like, you know, do I need to be, make sure I'm like in my seat, ready to go at a certain time for like an early morning meeting, or can I kind of ease into my day? And then from there, you know, just kind of go about my morning, whatever, and start the day normally around like eight thirty, nine o'clock and work through the full work day. You know, it's great working at home. Like I don't have to like worry about lunch so much. It's normally downstairs in the fridge and warm it up. Uh, might go for a walk or something after lunch, back to work. And then my son comes home from school. Uh, about that time, I'm normally wrapping up my day. And yeah, then once he's here, like, you know, I try real hard to leave work time when he's not here. So I work, you know, while he's at school, basically. Yeah, I have a pretty similar situation. Uh, I get started around 8, 30, 9 o'clock. I don't have a hard and fast start time, but it always ends, ends up right around there. And I, I try not to do anything work-related prior to that time. It's all just getting the kids up, starting the morning, eating breakfast, that kind of stuff. Uh, but once I do sit down, I typically work, you know, through lunch, eat lunch at my desk, do all that kind of stuff, and then take off around 4 p.m. So because I work through lunch, I kind of feel like I have that leeway to, you know, take off maybe an hour earlier and start my afternoon around four o'clock. Yeah. And I definitely will say like, I don't know, given the type of work we do, like, it's nice to not have to worry about like punching a time card. And it's more, I don't know, I, th I think that we both are kind of on the same space of like, it's more about the work that you get done and ensuring that you're able to get your projects done. Not so much like, have you had your button seat for X number of hours every day? Yep. Um, now, which like, I, I definitely appreciate that. But given that, it's also really easy to let that work spill over. Like perfect example, yesterday afternoon, like I was in the middle of working on an issue and it was one of those awesome issues where you're like, 
It's like that car trip when, you know, and you're like, dad, when are we going to be there? And he's like, just over the next hill. And you know, it's like, it's always the next hill. And so like, it probably took me two hours longer than I expected it to, you know? And so I just kept working because I was like, oh, I'm so close to being done. And then inevitably I wasn't that close. And I felt like I was so close and it wasn't quite there yet, but eventually I got done, you know, but it, I don't know, it definitely can be easy to not step away since it is there all the time. Yeah. And especially working from home, right? You, you don't look at your watch and be like, oh man, I got to get in the car and drive back home. You literally just get up out of your seat and walk to the next room. So I think that being said, one really good way to promote work-life balance is maybe trying to add like bumpers around your workday, like virtual or fake commutes where uh, you like walk around the block, sit back in your chair and oh, you just commuted to work or something that's like a trigger in your mind that says my workday is starting and my workday is over to mimic that commute time. Yeah. So have you read any of Cal Newport's books? I have not. Okay. I think it's in deep work that he talks about this. It's in one of them, um, where he talks about these rituals like this and he approaches it more from a standpoint of it gets your mind in the right space to do work. But he definitely likes like the idea of going on a walk to commute quote unquote to your office. But he also has this thing where he, he likes rituals because he thinks that they like help your, you know, you, you basically have the same ritual when you're going to do a certain type of work and that puts your mind like in the, in the mode to do that work. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because he likes to basically like note where he is at the end of his work time and like write down any notes for what he needs to do the next day. And like, this is like his shutdown ritual. And he will actually say after he has completed this shut down complete. And that means <laughs> it's time to turn off the work brain and go on to something else. And it seems corny, right? But like those kind of, of rituals definitely can help a lot. I know, like you mentioned not doing any work in the morning. And I kind of go back and forth between being disciplined about this and not where I will sometimes do that, that same type of thing. Like I don't say shut down complete. I don't know. It feels too corny to me. I, it probably is an amazing hack that I'm just not doing. But if I go and look at my meetings and calendar for the next day and plan out my day before I end my day, then like, there's not that like slight bit of like cognitive load of wondering, like, you know, what do I have to do tomorrow? Did I get everything done today that I needed to in order to be ready for tomorrow? Like those kind of like thoughts that kind of just rummage around in the back of your head, you know, they're not really enough for you to really do anything about it, but they definitely take a little bit of, add a little bit of stress to your life. And I don't know, I think that's like the idea of, of bumpers, like before and after putting those like book stops, if you will, right. To, to clearly define, I think is definitely a, a very good way to help balance work and life, right. To actually have clear delineation of work is work, not work is not work. Yeah. And I really like that idea of making those bumpers useful. Like, you know, that deep work book you mentioned, because what it's essentially doing is it's, um, speeding up your ramp up time and speeding up your ramp down time. It allows you to transition into and out of work faster almost. Mm -hmm. So that'll also prevent you from kind of sitting at your desk, trying to finish the problem. If you say, okay, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to note everything I'm thinking, and I'm going to pick up right where I left off tomorrow morning. And you ramp down quickly because you brain dump and you ramp up quickly the next morning because you, you literally just inject that right back into your head and get going. Yeah, it can be, it can be helpful for sure. I also think like, I don't know, 
I know there's like the, the writing trick of like, you know, never stop writing when you're done with a thought, always stop like in the middle of a scene so that picking it back up is easier. I don't know. I don't know if I could do that because I feel like if I tried to do that with work problems, my brain would just be churning on it like all night. I, I always have this problem where if I don't solve a problem, my subconscious will like work on it while I'm trying to sleep. And so inevitably, like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and like my brain is just full speed ahead and I can't shut it up and it always like ruins my sleep. But again, I'm knocking it before I've really tried it, I guess. So doing it intentionally versus because, you know, it's just like, oh, hey, it's 1130. I need to go to bed. I'll just leave this problem for tomorrow. Yeah, I hear you. And maybe that speaks to the activities you do outside of work. If you can sufficiently, I don't want to say distract yourself because you don't want to distract yourself. If you can occupy your time in a meaningful way outside of work hours, whether that be family or hobbies or sports or other interests, um, that's what's going to kind of keep you not thinking about work all the time. So what kind of stuff do you like to do outside of work, Richard? It has changed a lot lately. Honestly, most of the time right now, I'm either looking into like learning new things around like blockchain development or playing video games. So my son's nine years old. We have two gaming PCs and we were really big into Fortnite, and lately we've been playing um, Apex Legends and Overwatch. So just kind of like that cooperative, you know, bonding time, I guess, you know, clicking on heads. It's good times. We haven't gotten to the point yet where like we'll actually chat with other random strangers online because random strangers online can be the worst. <laughs> sometimes they're amazing, but sometimes they're the worst. So, you know, given that he's only nine, like, I don't know, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know that. And then, I don't know, like the weather's getting a little bit better. And around here, there's a really nice like a uh, botanical garden that we like to go to fairly frequently because it's amazing. And if you go early in the morning, like we have a membership there. If you go early in the morning, it's like, you can just pretend that you're, you know, like some sort of wealthy Lord and these are your estates and like, you know, the, <laughs> the gardeners have prepared the, the walk for you. But yeah, I don't know like that and just hanging out like not a ton right now. What about you, Brent? Yeah, I feel you on the weather thing. Uh, it's, it's perfect right now. And that's really enabling me to go run outside. Um, still recovering from that Achilles injury and we signed up for a 5k next month. And so I'm just kind of quote unquote training for the 5k, just making sure the Achilles can handle it all. And that's been just really nice to get back into and go outside and not just like die of heat exhaustion. Uh, but other than that, uh, I've been kind of trying to stay away from screens a little bit, uh, cause I've just been a little overwhelmed at work and everything. And sometimes that work-life balance is, you know, not doing those side projects that you might want to. Sometimes you just want to like do anything but that. And Legos have really filled that void lately. Uh, my parents brought down a big tub from my childhood and myself and my two kids and my wife have all been going at it, building Legos and stuff. So that's been a really great distraction and family activity. Dude, Legos are awesome. They are ridiculously expensive if you start buying sets. And Especially those like really fancy, like, you know, adult ones. Yeah, no, like Lego, I don't know, for me at least, they've definitely found like that secret sauce for like the nostalgia piece. 
Yeah. Where they're like, hey, you're a child of like, you know, the 80s and 90s. You remember this thing, Mario? Oh, yeah. yeah. Check it out. We have a set. Oh, you yep. like Star Wars? Don't worry. There's a set for that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's a, uh, I don't want to say it's a hobby because <laughs> that would be too expensive. But Lego sets definitely are like, they are awesome, but they're not like, they're turning them into like art pieces now, right? Where like you build like a nice little sit around trinket instead of a toy. I yep. don't know, but they're fun. Like I've got a whole bunch on the shelf behind me. So, but now let's say, you know, you do want to spend time on your computer outside of work. How do you make it feel different than work? Like if you sit down on your computer to whether it be try to learn something or code a side project, like do you take any steps to, to try to make it feel different than your day-to-day -day job? So I think we kind of touched on this in one of our other episodes, right? Where, and I remember you talking about having like uh, different themes for your editor and stuff like that when you were doing work and side projects. So I tried that, but I'll be honest, like the theme that I use in VS Code, I really like. And so not having that theme felt sad. <laughs> it's hard to change themes because like, I literally feel like I can't code as good or concentrate as well when the, the VS Code theme is different. But like yeah. desktop colors and stuff or like lighting colors, that's kind of nice where it, it flips the switch in your head. Yeah. So I definitely, I have like two completely separate computers for that. I think that you maybe would struggle with this a little more because you're using your personal computer for work. So I have two separate computers, which definitely helps with that because everything, I don't know, looks different on those two computers. And then two, I don't ever do, while work has given me a laptop, I always sit at my desk when I do my work work. and for personal projects and stuff, I'll just kind of float around with the laptop or back at the desk too. I think that kind of helps. And I think for me, honestly, given that work right now is pretty much all Haskell, everything I do on side projects is not Haskell. Yeah. So it feels vastly different. And I don't know, I messed with Rust for a while and like that feels similar to Haskell, but it's still, it's so different that I think it could be a lot harder, like given, I don't know, just putting myself in your shoes for a minute, right? Like, JavaScript at work, JavaScript at home. It's all JavaScript, you know, like, Hey honey, what's for dinner? JavaScript, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I think that, that would make it more challenging to kind of differentiate those two. But I will say it still feels even side projects. I still try to limit the amount of time where I like remove myself from family situations to do that kind of stuff, because it can be very easy to not be present, even though you're not working. Side projects are still work, right? Like, and I don't know, I try to be cognizant of that. Totally. And I think investing into your family time is one of the greatest quote unquote distractions you could have from work, or it's the best thing to reset your mental state and refocus your mental state on just something more enjoyable than something you have to do every single day. And the way I balance that kind of stuff is my children are still pretty young. They go to bed at seven 30. So after that is the time where I get to like hang out with my wife and, and then go do the side projects if I want to do that. And so luckily there's no like interference or balancing there necessary. It's just kind of built into the schedule. I remember the days of early bedtimes that and naps, man, <laughs> I miss, I miss when my kiddo used to take naps. It was a nice little, you know, I'd might take a nap myself, you know, and it was easy, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that's. Work-life balance too, it's changed a lot, like just given stage of life, right? Like, I think it's a lot easier to be aware of it 
if and when you end up having kids compared to just being married or being single, right? Like these are all different stages. And I think it can be harder to be aware of an imbalance if you don't have these other factors kind of like pushing on your time. And I can kind of see that like in myself back earlier in my career, right? But I think that kind of lends itself too to the fact that like when you are starting out your career, you're normally in that stage of life where you don't have all these other commitments that will pull on your time. And so that's kind of, I don't know if it's like the right choice, but an expectation that as you're starting out your career, more of your time is spent growing and learning about your given profession, maybe. And I don't know if that's like, you know, a, a good thing or like an exploitative thing where you just kind of take advantage of people who's like, oh, hey, new guy has nothing going on in his life outside of work. He can work overtime, you know, like that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I spent a lot of time thinking about the fact that we still work 40 hour work weeks, right? And that originated from, I think it was, I may be wrong here, but I think it was Ford in the factory. And like, that was like the optimal amount of time that he could get people to, it was like, you know, you work Monday through Friday, it was eight hours a day because you had eight hours of work, eight hours of personal time and eight hours of sleep. Hey, that sounds good. Cool. So 40 hours a week, that's how long we're going to work. And it's like, I don't know, considering that we've been doing this all along and our amount of work that you can produce as a human has so greatly increased and we're still like, yeah, 40 hours sounds good. I don't know. I think it's interesting. Like why not four day work weeks? Yeah. I, I think like, honestly. I'm pretty productive throughout. And if I'm not being productive in that time, it's because of some external factor or dependency. You know what I mean? Like, it's not about the amount of time that my butt is in the chair. It's usually slowed down or affected by like, I'm waiting on a decision for another team, or I need to loop back with the product manager or some, you know, communication issue. And at the end of the day, when those things happen and you can't make progress, maybe that is when you go take a little break, take a walk, do something else, sprinkle something else in. Because yeah, it, it is definitely not about the time in the chair and it's going to like make you feel like you're not chained to your job when you're waiting on dependencies. Now, let's say you want to totally disconnect. Let's talk about vacation, right? Like, you know, just getting the heck out of there and going off and doing whatever you want. How, how is your vacation time at your company? We have a ridiculous amount of vacation. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's something I think like four and a half weeks. That's awesome. It's, it's ridiculous. I have, I, I think I could take a month off right now with the amount of time I've saved up because we haven't gone anywhere. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's, I don't know. I have, I have no comment about the amount of time other than say it's awesome. I will say. When it comes to taking vacations, I find that they are only really good at being like restorative if you take at least a week off. Because if you only take a few days, you know, and like you're like, oh, hey, you know, we got a holiday on Monday and I'll take Friday off. And so it's a sweet four day weekend. You know, I can just relax and kick back. Man, that four day weekend just disappears and nothing. And then you have like extra work because you missed a day of work. And I don't know. I feel like they're a net negative if you don't take more than a week off. Uh, yeah, I very much feel you on that because let's say you take a long weekend, you tend to pack it full of plans, you know, and next thing you know, you rushed all weekend doing all the stuff you wanted to do and you get back to work and then you do feel behind. Now, yeah. my company actually has unlimited ETO, which- Oh, really? Is, yeah, it seems wild 
But at the end of the day, you know what that means? That means I haven't taken enough this year, you know? Just so go ahead. Yeah. So I've interviewed at a few places that have that sort of vacation policy. And there was one job offer that I actually turned down because they wouldn't answer this simple question. I asked them, what is the average amount of time that employees take for vacation? Because saying unlimited PTO is one of those, it's like a double-edged sword. It can be amazing, but it also means that like you have no vacation that you're going to lose if you don't take it. Yeah. So you don't need to take vacation and there's no expectation that you're going to take vacation kind of thing, right? Whereas where I work, we like have a cap on days that we can accrue. And if you get close to that cap, you start getting these emails that says like, you know, you are about to max out your vacation. You need to take vacation. That's great. And so like having days sets an expectation that you will take them. Yeah. So I kind of, I don't know, unless it's something like, oh, hey, you get three days off a year. Like (laughs) I kind of feel like having a set number of vacation days is more beneficial than unlimited vacation. Because yeah, the I don't un- think people treat vacations like they would a buffet line. Yeah. The unlimited vacation is really awesome for days where you just want to be like, yo, I'm taking this Friday off or, you know, Hey, um, I've got something to do and it's going to take a little bit of a long time. I'm just going to take the rest of the day off. It works really great for like those kind of personal days that you need to just get stuff done. But yeah, when it comes to like really use it or use it type of policies, you don't see as many people taking vacation with unlimited paid time off. However, Adobe balances that by giving a ton of corporate holidays. Like I think we have like seven or eight days more than most other companies. We have a, a, a full week shutdown in the summer and a full week shutdown in the winter, and then a ton of other holidays in between. So, you know, you couple that with the unlimited PTO and it does feel pretty nice. Yeah, that sounds good. So I will ask Brad, what's the longest vacation you've ever taken? I think just a full week. Like, uh, we like to go to Mexico with my parents and just get, go to a resort on the beach and stuff. And we usually do that over the course of like five, six, seven days. And we'll just take a full week off. Yeah. I think I've taken maybe just like a day more than a full week, but I don't know. I would, I'd like to, at some point in the near future, take like an actual you know, two weeks off or three weeks off, like just like, you know, an extraordinary one. I guess that's not true. I have taken off like more than that before around the holidays. I've taken, sure. I think two and a half weeks around the holidays before because there was nothing going on, but that's when the use it or lose it policies really kick in and you go, well, dang, I got nothing else to do. And you just take like the month of December off. You know what I mean? And that feels really weird. Yeah. So where I am currently are it doesn't like roll over at the end of the year or anything it's just like you accrue like into like a a bucket and once it reaches a certain level you have to start taking it at one of my previous employers though it was like that where every year the time would roll over and you couldn't roll over any vacation Mm -hmm. and so man i normally wouldn't take off at the end of the year because work was a ghost town and so like you know i could just work from home quote unquote And just be online and like be doing whatever I want at home because there's literally nobody in the office to do anything with like, you know, there's no code review happening. There's no way you're pushing code to production. Like nothing was happening. Yeah. I think that's, that's a use it or lose it policy that kind of shoots itself in the foot. I like your current company's policy where you hit a cap and then that's kind of it. Yeah. But what's also cool about my company is you, you can get those really long vacations. 
uh, in the form of sabbaticals. So at five and 10 years, you get like, I think it's like a three week vacation at five years or sabbatical. And then at 10 years, I think it's six weeks sabbatical. So it's like, they're like, go build that side project you've been talking about or that side business or go travel, you know, somewhere big and overseas or something. They're really um, into that kind of stuff. Yeah. At five, you get a month off. And it's very interesting how many people at five years just don't come back from their time off <laughs> because they inevitably like either start a side project or, you know, it end up finding a new job. That's crazy. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's like vacation is one of those things that I don't think that we, especially here, like, I don't know, you hear about like other countries and how they treat vacation days mm -hmm. and then you hear about America and you're just like, Oof, we're bad at this. <laughs> Yeah, comparatively, we definitely are. And I think one of the things that can really like pull you back into work when you're not supposed to be working is your cell phone. Your cell phone now has all the same communication apps that you use at work and not to mention all of your on-call schedule stuff. So if you manage any infrastructure that has to be always online, you're familiar with an on-call rotation where somebody gets a phone call if something goes wrong. So like, like Slack, Outlook, PagerDuty, Microsoft Teams, Discord, you name it, whatever your company uses for communication. Uh, do you keep those apps on your phone? So I actually have a work phone that okay. is provided. And so everything work-related lives on the work phone. I have zero work stuff on my personal phone. That's awesome. So I'll be honest, since I've been working from home, my work phone, I don't know when the last time was that it was actually charged. <laughs> Because I don't really need it. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm at home. And so if I need to be checking in on something, I check in on it. But, but yeah, I definitely having like a hard delineation between this is my work phone and this is my personal phone was huge for a while. Uh, I had kind of had them combined into one phone and man, like work just bleeds over into personal time non-stop right like you'll be sitting on the couch watching tv in the evening or something and bing like oh what's that and you know i'm thinking i might be getting a text message or something from a friend nope it's work and so at that point like you just get like i don't know i'm my personality is like if i see that notification i can't let it go and so i'm like I might as well check on it and see what it is and so down the work rabbit hole you go but yeah i definitely think that kind of having the ability to have those two things separate is crucial at least for me and you mentioned like when it comes to vacation, when, when I go on vacation, I treat it like I've just like disappeared off the face of the earth from work. Like, you know, I, I make sure that everything that I'm working on is kind of like tidied up before I leave. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to be out like a couple of people on the team have my personal cell phone number. If like something is literally on fire and you need me, but I will not have my work computer or anything to do anything with work. So see you later. What about you? What is yeah. your, what's your personal phone situation, like pre and current situation with remote work. Yeah. I, I totally wish I could have like a separate device for work phone. That sounds awesome. But I do like the flexibility of being able to check work stuff from my phone. But my strategy here is I get no notifications, no pop-ups, no nothing from any of my work apps. So they're there if I choose to open them and look at it, but my phone will give me no indicator that any messages are coming through and especially like push notifications. I don't ever want to get dinged 
about something that is not like, you know, from a friend or a phone call from family or something. Yeah. What is your company's culture around like after hours or off hours communication? Yeah. So we do have a bunch of monitoring services up on all of our, you know, microservices and our front end files and all that stuff. And we have all those alerts set up to go through PagerDuty. And if something catastrophic happens, uh, PagerDuty actually gives a phone call to the on-call person. And we've never, never had it hit that point. We've always just had like, you know, uh, an error alert or something, which isn't like super critical. So all those go to email and you look at them like the next day. But yeah, if shit really hit the fan, you'd get an actual phone call from PagerDuty and you, that's when you really know you got to answer the phone and go do something. Man, I don't know if this is going to date me or not, but I remember <laughs> my first job, our uncle, we had literal pagers <laughs> that we would have to carry around with like, you could flip it over, man, it was like, you flip it open, there's like a little keyboard on the inside. And so you'd have to like reply to pages when you got them because there was literally someone sitting in like a knock, uh, monitoring stuff. And if like things went bad, they would page you and you had to respond to the page. And then you had to go like, take your laptop out. And, uh, we had a, uh, cellular PCI card that we would put in the laptop. Man, whew, those were the days. That's crazy. And just like that pager work is something that you should totally not be thinking about when you're not there doing it. Make sure to take that time for yourself, balance your, your work position and your life and your fun, because that's really what it's all about. Well, thank you for tuning in to this week's Web Dev Weekly. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe in your podcast player and check us out on Twitter. We'll put our handles in the show notes. Remember, we also have a Discord community. That link is in the show notes as well. See y'all next week. 